Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 105. This week on the show, I've got another whole band episode for you. Uh, This band is called Quiet. They're based out of the New York area. Um, And yeah, had a great time talking with these guys. Uh, They have been around for a little while. This particular iteration of members and the new band name um, has been putting out music for about three years. However, obviously two of those years were really like when COVID had everything kind of shut down, locked down, and, um, you know, it, it makes it really hard, especially as a band that's trying to reintroduce themselves and kind of redefine themselves to kind of pick up traction or pick up speed. And um, so, yeah, we had a great conversation talking about kind of all of that, you know, what it was like to rebrand and, you know, start putting out music as this trio and um, really just how things have progressed for them. And then we get into a lot of their new music. Uh, They have a new single getting ready to drop as well coming on February 11th, so just a couple days after this episode goes live. Uh, That single is called There's No Escape, and yeah, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. They're a lot of fun to talk to, really cool insight, um, really diverse backgrounds for the three of them, and um, you know, I I just can't say enough good things about them. They, They seem to be a very strong contender when it comes to up-and-coming bands. Um, I think there's a lot of potential within this this trio, and it's just a matter of time, really, as long as they continue to stick with it, which I definitely think they will. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Quiet. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, to kick things off, I start off with the same boring-ass question every time, and that's the simple introduction. Go around the uh, the chat in this case and introduce yourself, little background, and just kind of um, let's do a fun fact. Let's add a fun fact into this. Okay, sure. You're on. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, hey. Mikey first. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the natural hierarchy of things, I guess. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm Michael Scarabino. I sing and play guitar and piano and quiet. I'm from New York. I've been playing music for about 10 plus years, and I'm also a World War II living historian. Awesome. Julie, you next. Okay, okay. I'm Juliana. I, I sing and play drums in quiet, and um, I have lived in New York and Long Island um, for basically my whole life, and um, I've been doing music like I've been playing drums since I was like around two, but I'm also a, a flautist and I picked that up when I was nine. And um, I've been doing music ever since. And I even, I went to college and uh, for music and learned, um, had a, you know, I learned a piano and a bunch of other stuff. So I have a large background and knowledge in music. Yeah. Uh, my turn, I guess. Uh, my name's Whiskey. Um, from Long Island, New York. <laughs> Lived here my whole life. 
Um, I sing and I play bass. Um, I don't really have a fun fact. But <laughs> at least oh, not yeah, one I forgot can that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, I like video games and uh, I like drinking whiskey. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. Solid. There you go. I forgot a fun fact. My bad. Sorry about that. It's all good. Um, okay. Fun fact. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big horror movie fan, as you can see from, uh, yeah. the background. <laughs> uh, that's my fun fact. I'm a horror fanatic. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the, the formation of quiet, you know, it kind of started off a few years ago as a solo project for you, Michael, and then kind of evolved in, into this new iteration. And, I want to talk about this because I think it's important for people to, to understand, you know, that um, growth can happen, you know, like it was a logical transition for you guys that as everybody got together and started having input, um, the sound changed and you guys were able to form this new version and really start striving in a direction that you all are passionate about, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the story actually begins back in 2015 when uh, Whiskey and I uh, met up at uh, one of my neighbor's parties uh, just by chance. Um, we just talked music and we connected really quickly. And at the time, that's when I was beginning to record an EP for a solo project after my last name, Scarabino is what it was called. Um, and then <laughs> down the line, we uh, eventually met up with Julie in uh, May of 2016. And that's when the three of us officially would have been, uh, you know, officially a band together. But then it wasn't until about early 2019 that we officially rebranded as what is now Quiet. So we've actually been together for almost uh, six years now, which is remarkable. There was one yeah, point yeah. where I never thought I'd have a, I'm sorry, there's one point where I never thought I'd be in a band and i'm always really grateful that we are still here the same three people but you know as far as you know developing and uh you know everything changing and whatnot sound wise but just as people um it has been quite a process and uh you know we've grown so much together with all we've been through together but yeah um i um yeah that, that's pretty much it i feel like yeah, i can no. ramble on for another 10 minutes <laughs> no <laughs> so you're all good um yeah <laughs> i i think that's a, a good kind of segue into this that you know like you said especially in the times we live in anyway it's hard to, to say like if a band's gonna last or not and then throw in the mix of you guys start rebranding start getting your name out there and then COVID hits and everything gets shut down what was that like like that had to be a blow to morale and momentum, right? It was frustrating. It was very frustrating. Um, it I remember, on ice. yeah, because when COVID hit, we were in the middle of recording our an EP, and it just like put things on halt. And for me, at the very least, it just felt like I was stuck because music is the only thing I'm really interested in really doing with my life, you know, yeah. and you know to like be putting you know so much time and effort and money into it just to like have it halted by a pandemic it, it was just kind of like a weird like gut punch you know yeah 
and you know just like kind of being on edge for at least for i was like on edge just like kind of waiting to hear back from like you know just (laughs) what we were going to do like uh you know are we okay to schedule or you know when are we going to even continue this how long is it going to take um you know so i was just like very like on edge like about you know just us as a band and like what we were doing the entire time and it was just i just felt uneasy just very yeah. uneasy. The it, 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 it was very nutsy because right before the shutdown, we actually started getting some really great shows. One yeah. in particular was at a, a venue called the Paramount uh, Spotlight, which is like Long Island's biggest venue. And it was a great mm-hmm. show. And then we had a couple other opportunities. But then out of nowhere, the COVID said you got to stop, basically. Um, so then for like the next year and a half, you know, trying to record this EP that is finally coming out soon uh which uh there's no escape is a part of um yeah it was insane you know because if there's one band like us trying to finish a project any given producer has tons of others and they're all getting you know thrown at the wayside as well so it took a lot (laughs) months and months of patience and uh there were definitely some very very heavy moments uh we all experienced uh so much trying to get through it but you know we came out on the other side and (laughs) We're happy to be here releasing music. And at the same time, so many other bands failed there. We have a lot of friends that were in so many projects, and I would say about 80% of them are not doing it anymore. But it's nice to see that some other bands are, you know, coming up in the scene and emerging. But uh, yeah, uh, what can I say? It was a very trying time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think, too, like not to knock anybody that maybe couldn't survive through COVID in an artistic field like music, but it it really kind of shows a different level of passion for those that did fight through and are coming out the other side now and saying, look, you know, like this is all we wanted before COVID and damn it, we're going to find a way to make it happen. You know, I, I, I agree with that. You know, I think whether it's COVID or not, what I feel like always keeps quiet together is that and I feel like I sound like a band that's been doing this for 20 years, <laughs> but, you know, six years, uh, that's something that matters. And I think what really does it is the relationship we have between the three of us. We're always communicating and reevaluating. We make sure that we talk about everything that needs to be spoken about and, no one's ever cutting anybody off, you know, and that's something I observed that a lot of bands don't do enough. So put that with the passion and, you know, this is where we are at this point. Yeah. I think some of that sounds like, you know, the, the business approach, a lot of people don't understand how much of a business a band really is, but there's a lot that goes into, you know, like you're saying, planning out, what do we need to talk about? You know, where where's the best outlet for us to, you know, should we be on Instagram? Should we hit TikTok? Like, where do we need to deliver these messages to stay relevant and just kind of stay in the eye? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I had to like give you a number, I would say as well, this is probably why like 95, 95% of bands don't really get the chance to succeed because of the lack of knowledge with stuff exactly like this. And, you know, I'll be honest, we are we have a bit of ways to go from really figuring out sustainability and stuff like many others do. But, you know, um, Julie and I were assigned to artist developers at one point and, uh, you know, Whiskey's had the chance to, 
you know, hear everything that, you know, she and I have learned about, and we've found great ways to apply all that we've learned to quiet. Um, and this started happening a little bit when COVID hit. So, you know, we, we had a lot of time to really educate ourselves in many other facets of the music industry. And, you know, after like a year and a half of learning and setting things up, it's really exciting right now because not only are we releasing music, but we're actually able to learn the knowledge and skills we've developed and push it towards and uh, just hoping for a brighter future. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the, the really kind of double-edged sword moment, right? Like it's exciting to put this music that you've been working on for so long out, but at the same time, it's a little bit scary, right? Because now like it's been your project for so long and now it's about to be in the, the whole world, you know, of, of music to see this, this passion of yours. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little bit scary. I'd say, you know, just because, you know, we've been working on this for like quite a bit now and, you know, we put a lot of effort into these songs. So of course, in like the back of our heads, it's just like, you know, we hope people like gravitate towards our music and, you know, just vibe to it at the very least, you know, at least for me, like, I just want to be able to like, hear somebody say like, Oh, Hey, you know, that's a pretty good song. Like to me, like that would mean the world to me, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. Like, I, I just hope that like, you know, people will just be able to just latch onto our music and just find something in there that, you know, something that they may have been looking for, I guess. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, we touched on it a little bit, I guess, but developing your sound, especially with all of you really being multi-instrument trained and everything, what went into this, this new development and like really being conscious of what you want your sound to be like and how, how you want to develop that soundscape? Well, um, you know, a little bit before we uh, changed to Quiet, um, we had another EP um, with uh, a bunch of songs and some others we were writing. And, uh, you know, whatever kind of style we were pushing for at the time is what we were doing. And some of those songs have actually aged well. Uh, They'll be coming back into recordings, uh, you know, a little bit down the line this year, which is great. Um, It's always awesome to see things uh, pass the test of time. Uh, But the point is, um, a little bit after we did that EP, it was like winter of 2017. After that, that's when we started writing stuff like uh, Fever Dream and One Last Line and Halo, which are like our first three singles is quiet. Like, I, I couldn't really tell you what exactly changed, but, you know, songwriting, it's like playing an instrument you don't get better until you keep learning songs and, you know, and uh, just learning how to play the instrument. That's what songwriting is like. You just got to keep doing it. And little by little, you find the best ways to work on connecting with the listener and what your intentions are with it, how you can make the most engaging sections and, you know, the right instruments to use. So it was just a matter of practicing how to produce them over a, a period of time, I guess. At least that's how I feel. I was going to say um, that definitely after uh, we did that EP, like when we were writing um, those songs, um, we focused a lot more on like um, developing um, our voices like together, like, you know, uh, as far as like the style of writing, like um, 
someone would write a verse and then someone would write another part of the song. So like a call and response, like back and forth with vocals and also, you know, just all of our voices put together. That was like a definite thing. I think that definitely like changed the sound because it was like, it wasn't something you saw a lot with local bands, like having three main vocalists and also like what, I always liked about quiet was that every time we released a new song, you never knew what you were going to get. Were you going to get me? Were you going to get Mike? Were you going to get whiskey? Or were you going to get all three of us? So that's like, it was, it's like the element of like surprise. So like we definitely focused more on like developing ourselves as better singers as well. Yeah. Um, I think that is something interesting about you guys. You know, you say, you don't get a lot in the local scenes of that type of stuff. But honestly, even in the mainstream, it doesn't seem like there's three dominant vocalists in any band. Like you may have one or two, or you have the true front man and then someone that's always, you know, key backups or whatever. But to have an EP that, you know, I haven't got to listen to this yet, obviously, but I imagine there's going to be songs like you're saying, Julie, where, you know, you're going to go from a song where you're the dominant and then Mike's going to be, and then there's a song with all of you and then maybe whiskey, like to be able to, to be able to switch directions, I guess, like that is something potentially that is going to add longevity to the career as well, because there's so much versatility within the songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's, it's funny. If there's one thing that I've thought of lately, when I think about quiet is that a lot of artists more than more than ever love to feature other singers and artists on their songs because you know mm-hmm. like for example bring me the horizon uh collaborates a lot with grimes baby metal yep. nova twins youngblood whoever and it's awesome to have another vocalist help tell your tell your story for you in a way it's just you know <laughs> reinforce it but sometimes when i think of when we write new quiet music and you know perhaps i you know i might you know have a lead vocal on the song But I'll be like, wait, you know, sometimes Whiskey has uh, certain tones in his voice that might make more sense for this. I want to have him do this instead. Or maybe I want that for Julie for same reasons. So it's like it's almost like, you know, having three different profiles of vocals is almost like having different features because we can use each other for certain sections to bring up the energy that, you know, maybe a singer just doesn't have enough of. So it's it's cool. (laughs) It's fun to play around with after a while, and I'm looking forward to really uh, messing around with that more and more this year. Now that we got this EP out, or or coming out soon, I should say. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say also, um, definitely, what helped us grow like our sound and everything was like we all come from different uh, backgrounds in music. So like, um, you know, I had a background in like jazz, so like like we definitely as far as like the way we sounded and like our musicality it grew based on like you know throwing suggestions here like let's throw a horn on that song like yeah. the, let's like try for like a different like type of texture like maybe a jazzier type of feel or a funkier type of feel but like definitely also the three different types of musical background definitely uh influenced how we sounded and helped helped us grow yeah yeah one of the first things that i oh i'm sorry no you're fine i thought whiskey was going to say something just a second ago 
Uh, I mean, I was, but then I kind of forgot. So, okay. <laughs> well, well, what I was going to say, one of the first things that I said, you know, after like a few months of the band beginning is that as much as we have very diverse backgrounds, it all, it always felt like a perfect storm to me, how we formed, because we may have very, you know, different backgrounds, but we happen to have so many common interests and tastes. So that enough just happened to make it work. So it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I mean, like, like, if you look at the three of us, like we're completely very different people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, like I, I bet, like, if people, like, looked at us down the street, like, you know, they wouldn't even suspect that, like, we're close, you know. That we're um, friends, like. Yeah. That, and I mean, that like, was... you know, because you got me, I'm just, like, a grungy, you know, bum-ass. <laughs> uh, Mike, you know, he's just, like, Michael Phelps-looking motherfucker. And then you got Julie, you know. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you know, we're just, like, three just, like, I guess, like, mismatched people, but we just make it work in a way which is pretty cool, which is what I always find interesting. And going back to like a uh, subject of vocals, I mean, I don't think the three of us were ever like mainly vocalists, like ever, you know, I mean, in middle school and high school, I was in choir, but like, like nothing like special, you know, it's just like in the rest with everybody else, but you know, and, but I think in a way that just kind of gives us a bit to experiment with because, you know, at the very least, like we do, try to practice and you know develop our voices and you know just so that way we can apply it into our songs um so i think the fact that we never really had much of a vocalist background in the past compared to like our instruments you know i think that definitely gives us more in ways of like creativity so you know basically we can kind of find ways to just experiment and see what we can do just so that way we can apply our voices to our music in yeah. interesting ways so yeah kind of a, yeah. a finding your vo voice literally like because you're still developing what sonically you can sound like mm -hmm. you're able to kind of make the music fit around you guys but at the same time transition your voice between the three of you into different you know octaves obviously and different um just different genres to some extent really yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, especially now at this point where, you know, we've probably been studying the voice <clears throat> firmly for about three or four years now. Now it's getting to a point <laughs> where, you know, for example, we may write instrumentals first and then work on the vocals. But now I find it that we write lyrics a lot faster. And so it's kind of cool to add, you know, what more most bands that have like a dedicated singer you know that might be their conventional process having it written out right so now we're kind of getting the chance to see both sides of the spectrum in a way so it's cool to be able to do that yeah julie what, what were you getting ready to say the funny thing um like before like we really started like well like especially me before i started really getting into singing i never thought that i would ever sing in my life um i did mainly instruments my sister was the singer in the family and she you know she did theater and opera and everything um and i just always thought like i can get up on stage and play and i still get like really really nervous when i do but like i never thought like i'd have the nerve to get up and sing in front of people like that was always such a scary thought to me but like actually like doing it behind and being you know like safe behind my instrument like 
just discovering like how much I really enjoyed it. And that like, I was more, I was capable of doing more than I actually thought, like, and actually finding my voice as, as you were saying, like it gave me confidence to try stuff that I've never done before. Like fun fact, um, I had back last year, I had released my first solo song ever. And I never thought it would be like a ballad, just like type song featuring my voice. Like I just never like really saw myself doing that, but it's funny how life turns out. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, not to get like crazy deep or read crazy deep into that, but it, it goes to show like how empowering music can be and you know, how, like you're saying, you can quote unquote hide behind an instrument to some extent, but once you feel safe there, you can start branching out and doing vocals and doing all these things that maybe, you know, in high school or whatever, wasn't on the radar for you at all, because that's just not the personality that you had, but you find it as you, you grow and develop this comfort and safety. Yeah, definitely. And also growing as people um definitely um i can say definitely i i'm not the same person that um these two met back in 2016 um in different ways i've really grown like um there was there's things like i'm looking into in music now like that i never really thought i'd be interested in like i never really actually like wrote lyrics so like doing that more and more like it's been really like cool and figuring out like oh I can actually do this like it's not that bad once I actually really try um and like you know going into more of like learning more like the production side of it too so like it's also growing as a person too um finding that confidence in myself um with just like little baby steps. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the the production side, like Julie just brought up. As a DIY band, you know, and really, again, engineering your sound as you guys are growing and seeing what works and where you want to be soundscape wise and all that. What was writing this EP and then getting to start recording and things like that? Like, what did that process feel like for you guys to be fully hands-on and say like, I I need this out of this song or I, you know, I want this, but I don't know how to get there. And then working with producers to figure it out. I actually found it quite comforting. And that's because we were lucky to network our way to an amazing producer. And that (laughs) that is Brian Schumer um, who recorded and produced everything in uh, these singles and the EP coming up. Um, So, you know, before we met Ryan, we've worked with a few other guys on our music and, you know, they all did the job that they needed to do at the time. But, uh, you know, we would take something and learn from each process. But when we met Ryan, he put us in a position to do this process that we had never experienced before. Um, You know, the biggest thing that you can take was that after we had our first studio meeting, the first thing that he said was, "Okay, guys, I want you to you know handpick the six songs you want to do but i need you to get takes of every single instrument 
And uh, Ryan encouraged me to like kind of overproduce guitars in a way. And, you know, just even though we're making demos at home, you know, do the doubles of every tape <laughs> and go above and beyond with the vocals. You know, you treat it as if you're really rehearsing to come into the studio. And that really lit a fire under our butts in a way because uh, it made us feel like, OK, well, wow, someone's really telling us to take our music that seriously. Usually we've had to do that ourselves in a way. So, right. uh, yeah, we spent about four months, maybe a little longer than that uh, during 2019, just kind of over rehearsing uh, the demos we had for the songs. And then by the time we got into the studio, um, you know, Julie and Whiskey just, you know, crushed it with their drums and bass, respectively. And then I wound up doing a guitar sessions for three days in a row, like nine hour <laughs> sessions each. It's one of the most mentally challenging, but most amazing experiences of my life. But what was really cool, you know, with all that preparation and organization beforehand, I was able to go into the studio, lay down everything I needed for every song, but still had plenty of time to try ideas. And that resulted in when we came out to the other side of getting ready to mix, like, for example, on There's No Escape, there's about four lines of guitar that didn't even make the song because they were just invading so many different frequency ranges. Uh, there's something like that we experienced with Just Go Alone as well, the song we put out last month. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, like being producers and whatnot, it really taught me, well, all of us that, you know, the artist really is the producer because he or she should know all the lingo so they can best communicate with the producer and be in control of their sound. So yeah, uh, for an EP that didn't take too long to make, but a lot more time, you know, trying to get through COVID and on the mixing side, um, I felt like we really had control over this one and I love how it sounds. Yeah, I, th I think the, whether you meant this or not, I think maybe the, the feel I get off that is by giving that or placing that ownership back on you to some extent of like, if you're going to do this, do it right, you know, come with all the parts, come and, and really be prepared. I think it also is a way to kind of instill this thought process into you that I want to see your passion, right? Like don't, don't come in and just, Oh, we're going to lay it down and, you know, kind of phone it in if you will, and just kind of skate by it's bring the passion. Cause otherwise what's the point in us doing any of this? Like if you're not loving what you're doing and invested in what you're doing, then there's no point in spending the money on the studio, producing, doing mixing, all that and putting it out in the world. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, if we were already thinking like that before we met Ryan Schumer, now that belief just got multiplied by 100. So I'm looking forward to recording new music this year, um, you know, especially yeah. stuff that's like really, really new, because the truth is some of the songs on this EP are like, you know, almost four or five years old. So I'm <laughs> looking forward to just coming with a brand new song that's less than six months old and be like, okay, cool. Let's go in and record it now. And it can be out even sooner. So with everything that we've learned, uh, you know, over the last year and a half, um, it's going to make uh, that newer stuff even cooler. Yeah, definitely working with someone like Ryan. Um, he definitely made the process fun. Like, cause like, 
like we just are all of our personalities clicked and also um something i really enjoyed about working with him um when it came to um like challenging like doing certain things like challenging myself like he really he's like let's tr- like let's try this and like and even if i like thought at first like i couldn't do it he was just like he told me like take a minute and he's like you can do this just like try this and like he gave like such encouragement like it's great to work with someone like that that always like instills in you that you can do it and you have the ability like i it's you have to be like working with someone like that like i think that's like one of the most important things yeah for sure i think you know it all goes into especially you know ryan or whoever produces anybody's music really like the more bands they see the more the more people they see all that they're able to read people pretty well and say like okay i i know after hearing you play for 10 minutes an hour whatever it is if we tweak this you could do this move instead or you you know we can run this scale and just take a minute like reset figure it out because i want to take you from abc through you know element op because you've got this extra range that you haven't tapped into yet yeah very good point actually there were plenty of instances you know in each of our sessions where we we may have been playing something a certain way but then ryan would have been like okay after a few takes i I see you're stuck but you know try playing it like this or maybe leave a couple notes out of that riff and just head to this strain instead he was able to help us make really good decisions that we didn't even realize what impact they'd have on the song. And once that happens, we'd be like, oh, wow, why haven't we thought of this already? This is great. <laughs> and like yeah, the I last think... minute additions and stuff too, like little things. Yeah. But I, I was gonna say, I think, you know, that's also the nice thing about, obviously you wanna work with Ryan in the future and, you know, continue to grow with, with a producer that you're comfortable with but at the same time like early on in this stage in your career getting that external view from someone and like literally bringing new ears to the project because you guys are used to playing what you play and kind of used to how you sound and comfortable with it then you get someone with those new ears going yeah but it's it's good but it could be great you know let's change this and like you just said like it opens up so much potential in those little changes take it from a okay that's a song i'm okay with to a okay i love that song yeah absolutely and i think what really meant the most to us was just the right attitude because um you know like many things in life you put yourself out there and you try different things and it lets you understand what you don't or do want in life and before we met Ryan, we kind of learned a lot of what we don't want from producers. We've worked with people that, you know, may not even really be full-time producers or they're just jaded older musicians. <laughs> and it, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say that like, you know, like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> say it like that. I, I think the bottom line I'm trying to make is that, um, the results sometimes would show in the final product when we would hear our masters and try to, you know, critically listen to them. 
um, you know, the experience that we'd have with certain producers, we we would, you know, say things like, wow, you know, maybe now after working with Ryan, if we had someone communicating like this, A or B, maybe we could have done A or B like that. But it's just one of those things you can't really know until you learn uh, from another experience. So, yeah, pretty much everything that we didn't want in a producer, Ryan did not have those things and surprised us with uh, ways of doing things we didn't even know were possible. So, yeah, no complaints. Yeah. So, um, let's call this the new phase of quiet then, right? Because you've, you know, started to develop that sound. You figured out this new, new soundscape and the new phase that you're going into. What does 2022 look like? Obviously, we've got the EP coming out here soon. Uh, this episode will go live just a couple days before there's no escape drops. So that'll be cool for people. Um, but what does, you know, kind of, you've already said you want to write more music, but obviously you have to support the music that you're putting out too. So what does this, this year kind of look and feel like for you right now? One word and one word only shows and lots of them. Uh, we have a lot of plans later this year in development as we speak. Uh, we're going to pretty much try to multiply the shows that we do per month. And as the year goes on, we're uh, looking to go out of state for the first time. That's not something we've ever really done before, but that's because we wanted to make sure that, you know, we've had the means to actually do it. We were like, not, not to mock people that go out to try, but we never really wanted to be another one of those DIY, you know, bands that just goes out and shoots away hundreds of dollars for no return. It's doesn't do anybody any good at the end of the day. And, you know, we have a lot of cares personally. So uh, that's something I think we're all really excited for as the year goes on and uh, definitely expect a lot more uh, recordings of singles here and there. Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, like, Obviously, back in the day, DIY, you had to experiment, you had to figure out like, okay, where can we tour, things like that. But with the way technology is nowadays, there's there's no reason to take shots in the dark, right? Like Spotify analytics, TikTok, Instagram, like I can find out exactly what city I need to go to because that's where my listeners are. Exactly. See, but the problem is, though, and, you know, I think one of our greatest strengths is observation um because we're very involved in our local scene and i i used to be a promoter i used to book a lot of shows so uh one one of our biggest strengths is that we learned from a lot and a lot of other people's failures but you know as far as far as using all the analytics and the tools unfortunately you know most people don't necessarily um know how to really develop that kind of listening platform to begin with um, so that that's, you know, goes back to what we were talking about before, you know, the knowledge is power with action, hopefully, you know how to accumulate the listens and uh, just, but what, what's really more important is not the number of streams, it's the community that's behind mm -hmm. it, and how you're interacting with them. So that's what we're looking forward to building most we cannot wait to meet the many, many new people on the horizon, you know, whoever's listening to this podcast right now. Uh, we hope that uh, you follow us and, you know, we can't wait to meet you. We hope we can play wherever you are one day and it'll be great. Building those relationships with people. It's really cool. You know, like actually connecting um, and talking just, it just, it makes it that much more real yeah. when you have like, you're talking to someone and they're like, 
like this song, like it really, really spoke to me. And that like, just like something like that, like that, like makes me feel like so it's just, it's the reason why I do this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, and honestly, like I'm like a complete and total recluse. So like <laughs> making connections with people is not something I am good at. Um, but, you know, even going out and playing shows and seeing people just like, you know, enjoying the music that we play, that means a lot to me. Uh, right. You know, also just having people come up to me and say, like, you guys are great. You know, this song that you did, you know, that third song in the set, like, that's it was awesome. It was the greatest thing I ever heard. You know, having people come up and saying that it's just like, you know, just it, it just makes me feel like really good about myself and you know all the effort that i put in you know all the work that we've done together as a band you know just to hear that they enjoy it that they found something that connected with them you know so basically like i just want to make a connection i guess how i can make my connection with people is just by putting (laughs) our songs out there and playing these songs so that way they can hear it and then they could feel connected to the song so i guess that's how i'll connect with other people because Let's be real. I fucking suck at talking to people. Um, <laughs> um, I have a hard time with it too. Um, like I don't kid myself. I sometimes have a hard time communicating with people too. Um, but I don't think there has been ever a time when we did a show that someone didn't come up to me and say say like how like awesome like we were, how awesome we sounded like for you know, for like our level, um, where, like where we, what's like the stage like that we were at, like, and also personally as like a drummer and being, you know, a female, um, like it's more, it's more common now, but like, definitely like it's, I don't see a lot of female drummers locally. So like having people come up to me and be like, yo, like you're really badass. Like, it's really cool to see like a female. It's really cool to see a chick drummer. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm a rare breed. So like, that's also really, really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, it, it goes to the community, like, like Mike and, and I guess all of you are really saying, you know, like there's been a lot of bands that I've talked to where early in, in their careers, maybe they made the mistake. I consider it a mistake of like buying followers and stuff like that to make themselves look bigger than what they really are, maybe. And the reason I call that a mistake is because kind of to Mike's point about, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter about the streams. If nobody's showing up to the shows, it doesn't matter that you have a million followers on Instagram. Great. How many of them interact with your content on a regular basis? How many of them are, are actually purchasing stuff or, you know, coming out to shows? And if that number is 20, well, then that's your fan base, not the, the million. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's one thing if you are going to buy followers, at least go ahead and actually try to connect with them. You know, otherwise, those are just ghost stats. You know, it's like sports, yeah. you know, maybe you know, Steph Curry will put up X amount of points in the game or, you know, set records all season, but none of that stuff matters unless they're winning championships. So I like to compare a lot of stuff like that in sports to, you know, the business side of things and music. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it's hard for me to say, cause he just retired last year. I'm a huge saints fan. So Drew Brees, oh, it's Drew left Brees. out of the, 
you know, the quarterback conversation. It's always Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Rodgers. Yeah. Okay, but if you look at statistics, Breeze tops all of them and holds more records, but he yeah. doesn't have the championships. And that's, exactly. to your point, what matters. Exactly. A hundred percent. So let's kind of, as 2022 progresses, you know, hopefully it looks like most COVID restrictions are starting to lighten up pretty much everywhere so we can get back to some live music, um, get back into studios and things like that. Um, are there plans to do, obviously money is associated with this. Are there plans to do music videos, you know, merch lines, things like that? Yeah. One of those we've actually have going right now. We, we have merch on our website. We I think we have some shirts and phone cases and other fun accessories, but I would definitely say down the line of the year, we'll, we'll be talking about, you know, some special stuff catered to the songs. Um, music videos is something that we always go back and forth with every now and then. Um, I'd really it, like to do more. No, yeah, and, and we definitely are going too soon. It's just been a matter of trying to finish one project to the other and whatnot and right. just trying to properly allocate the resources to whatever. But, you know, it, it's funny, you know, talk about, you know, merch and stuff like that. We're in such a very pivotal moment with how music is consumed right now. Um, emphasizing on Spotify. They're under a lot of fire right now. It's becoming quite trendy right now to, mm -hmm. you know, ditch your subscriptions. And I love it because a lot of people, not, not just artists, but a lot of people in general are actually starting to promote the idea of actually supporting the artist and their creative work. You know, and that means a lot. You know, it's one thing for Spotify stock price to be going down all of a sudden, but to see a lot of people really uh, care about that is great. So I think that opens the door for a lot of opportunity for bands to, you know, create some special ways to make the releases of their music more special, uh, turn it into more exclusive merch and make, make the ownership of uh, the physical music more special in a way. Uh, that's something that, that I know I'm definitely looking forward to exploring ideas with, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about that soon. So that excites me. I, I don't know what's going to come of it, but, you know, if uh, we're in an industry that changes, you know, every two to three years or so, it's changing a lot right now. And, uh, yeah, you know, as if a pandemic wasn't enough, this should be interesting. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, I believe what you're referencing is like Neil Young pulling his music and, yes. and Joni Mitchell just announced that she was going to pull her music. And, you know, I, it's kind of a double-edged sword not to get like super political on it. <laughs> it's great that they want to do that to show this, like this kind of authority, if you will, that, Hey, we're not going to stand for whatever our conflict is. But at the same time, it's like, why aren't, why aren't they, and I think part of it's because of how established they already are, but like, why aren't they doing that for, hey, we want to be paid more per stream or, hey, you know, we want these types of rights within the, the platform. And it's potentially going to come of this as a byproduct anyway. But I do think that to your point, it's such a volatile time right now where a lot of artists are really reevaluating like, okay, where does it really make sense? Spotify has been the comfort zone because it's there, but can exactly. we do it a different way? 
Exactly. And and to be perfectly honest, I wish that a lot of us were thinking this way already, because, you know, the reality is millions of streams do not pocket an artist, you know, no matter how major label or, you know, independent you are, it doesn't really do that much. And I think people just get so caught up in the thrills because Spotify is one of the more popular digital platforms. So, people see that oh you know other bands have streaming numbers they just naturally mentally get competitive and you know i'd be lying if i said that we haven't been victims of that thought process as well it's only natural sometimes but right. the fact that it's becoming real to many and people want to make changes i think that's important yeah for sure um so let's say kind of as we we transition towards the end of the podcast here Let's say in a, in a perfect world, 2022, if you were to set out and, you know, the financials are right, perfect world situation for it, what would an ideal tour lineup look like for you guys? Uh, lineup as in like the, where we're playing cities or like with other bands? Other bands. Like uh, what bands would you ideal set out with? That's a great question. Ooh, Okay um realistically <laughs> i feel like i feel like bands like uh the aces um uh, julie was coughing Sorry. Um, uh, definitely definitely a band like the aces or um i guess uh if we're lucky like against the current uh bands like that um they like we're not really like a michael jackson influence band like the aces does but you know i i guess you know having uh julie in the band and uh you know atc having christy costanza and like the very you know like punk and rock roots they do i feel like if we were going to be like the opening act on a tour lineup like that i, I could actually see that fitting pretty well yeah especially you, judging julie? by the energy yeah oh i'm sorry right <laughs> No, you're fine. You're fine. What about you, Julie? Who would you ideal world set out with? Well, definitely um, when he mentioned um, against the current, because um, definitely um, like that group has had like an impact on me, especially like with the the new direction. Like they kind of went back to like the old sound, like more like hard rock. Um, mm -hmm. So like doing a show with them would be really cool. Um, <laughs> cool <laughs> uh geez um another one <laughs> I, <I'm> just, <laughs> julie i think i know a good one for you but i'll let you say it first <laughs> i just no no please please i want i want to i want to hear you say it first the midnight actually no no really well, it, they're totally different genre than we are. I love them, but it it, it wouldn't fit. Hmm, interesting. Um, I was gonna say Paris, actually. Oh, Paris, yeah, definitely. That that's been a big uh, influence on me too. Yeah, and they they do an incredible live show. Yeah. Oh yeah, we yeah we've actually all seen them a bunch of times together over the years. They're great. Yeah, Sick. we love Paris. All right, whiskey, kicking it over to you now. Ah, shit. <laughs> I was trying to give you time. It looked like you were thinking. I was trying to give you time. I'm still thinking. Ah, that's hard. You're struggling. Like the thing is, is that like I find it hard to like compare 
or music sometimes just because I just never know what to really like kind of classify our music as like sure all all rock but like you know that's just like such a broad like spectrum right. yeah. um paris would be a good pick uh um, i like for uh, i don't know i honestly I, I really don't i guess death from above 1979 whoa <laughs> that, or maybe that that's might be a little bit reach. too <laughs> yeah no that's a, i mean i i love them though so they're like a huge like influence on me um shit i i honestly i don't know <laughs> that's a hard <laughs> question i'm sorry oh it's all good all good um so let's do i've i've just recently started asking this one and i think we kind of touched a, a hot topic with the spotify thing but i've been asking people kind of what's your hot take right now as far as you know, the the last one that I used was or that somebody gave me was um, they're in a a metal band and Iron Maiden is not on their list of amazing metal artists, you know. So like kind of what's a hot take that you have where it's a hill you're willing to die on, but everybody else is like, mm, it's a bad take, bro. Oh, OK. I think I see what you're saying. Oh, hmm. I. I feel like that's a hard question for me to answer because I don't know, maybe I'm just lucky. I happen to be friends with a lot of not very judgmental people on music. That can um, be fair, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would think for as to some of my like friends that are in a lot of hardcore music, um, they usually look at me funny if I'm a big fan of uh, like Dance Gavin Dance uh, because uh, a lot of my friends just happen to hate their older stuff because they're like, it's just a lot. Da, 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 yeah. But they've changed yeah. a lot. And and definitely with Bream of the Horizons older music. I'm I was not just going to mention that. I'm not a fan of Count Your Blessings and Suicide Season, but anything eternal and afterwards, love it. <laughs> yep, yep. That's solid, solid. <laughs> Anybody um, else have one? Yeah, I, I, I guess I have one. Um, so in regards to, I guess I'll preface this with, uh, I am a proponent of separating art from the artist. Now, with that mm -hmm. being said, I think Charles Manson has some pretty good music. Hmm. Not going to okay. lie. Uh, very decent folk songs um yeah. i i ended up doing a report on him for high school in my senior year for a criminal justice class and like yeah and then i just found out that like he he recorded some music and then as i was like listening to it for like research i was just like this is pretty fucking good um <laughs> and yeah. like i was just kind of shocked to myself like wait a fucking minute this is charles manson like this disgusting ass motherfucker he wrote this like this is fucking it, it, it's a bop oh that's yeah. disturbing yeah <laughs> but for a minute um, i just good. like i went in orbit i was like wait I thought you were talking about Marilyn Manson, but then I'm like, no, not Mar oh, no, Marilyn no, Manson. No, I no. mean, <laughs> Grant, and you know, Marilyn Manson. Of course, he's going through like some. Uh, he's he's under fire right now, or at least last yeah. time I checked. But it's a little yeah, cuckoo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I love Marilyn Manson's music. Uh, I grew up on that. So, but Charles Manson, though, horrible fucking human being. But he has some decent music. That's I didn't even take. know he wrote music because he was such a nut. I, I, yeah, I didn't either, but. 
I can guarantee you, I'm getting ready to go Google him and, and find out what <laughs> oh that music God, is. Oh my God, I'm like, I'm gonna have nightmares now. By the way, I hope I hope that no one listens to this thinks we're like condescending or negative on <laughs> just talking about anybody. We're we're good people, yeah. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> no, that it, was just wow. Fun fact: the more you know. Um, yeah, I can't think of one because, okay, like, well, I. Julie, I mean, I don't think it's gonna be as bad me? as thinking Charles Manson's music was great. So I think you're in you're in the clear here. I think that's the worst take in this. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think I'm kind of confused, like what what the question was. Um, so, so, like for me, I'll, I'll give you mine. Uh, I just recently got into a pretty heated argument over this. I grew up. I'm 36, so I grew up in kind of the second coming of pop punk and whatnot. You know, all time low. Fallout Boy. Yeah. I do not think um shit. Now I'm gonna forget their name. Boys like girls. I don't think they're that great oh. of a band. Oh. I think Boys if you like take girls, away the nostalgia I factor, never like them. Yeah, oh, if you take yeah. away the nostalgia factor, they're an okay band, but they are not revolutionary like people try to make them out to be. Yeah. I agree I with that. I remember when they toured with the All American Rejects for When the World Comes Down, and um, I didn't get to go to that show because I was I, I played football back then. I had a game yeah, that I couldn't miss. But um, yeah, I I remember that being like the talks. You know, a lot of people like them. But then I went to go listen to the music, and I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of see why people do. It's not for me. I can't connect to it. Right. But you know, that's cool. Yeah, with the greatest, the greatest game. That was the song. Every yeah. <laughs> fucking kid in my middle school would like just play that song on blast. And I was just not into it. And then it just no. like, and like you know, at first I was just like, oh hey, this is this is a song, sure, but I just don't like it. And then just as more and more people just kept like blasting in my vicinity, I'm just like, I just I can really say don't want that to hear about anymore. a shit ton of rap and hip hop now that I just mm. I don't like it. I don't think it's good. Just like some of the more like <laughs> like raunchy songs, like yeah, like like WAP, like that's complete garbage. That's not music to me. Like I'm like I don't mean to offend anybody out there, but like that's like I I just don't connect with that. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's good. <laughs> I mean, it's no, like music like that. I think a lot of the art is just really more so with like the shark, the shark, shark factor, shock factor, and like <laughs> just like the edginess of it. I yeah, think yeah. that's where most it creates of, like, a moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's where like a lot of people can find appreciation in that. But I mean, it's totally understandable because like I I don't vibe with that song either. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Like, like, like last and, weekend, me and Whiskey were celebrating our good friend's birthday. We were out at a bar, and there was WAP, and then that Body Yachty song by Megan the Stallion. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we're just over here looking at each other like we don't like this music. No, like, but, yeah, we were just but like we're having a good time. <laughs> like we were just like kind of grouped yeah. to like whatever song was before, and then yeah. WAP comes on, and then we just the like, kind of look at each other. The only good part of that like, song, yeah. I'll tell you that I think is hysterical, is that the yeah. whole time in the song you just hear someone saying, "There's some hoes in this house." <laughs> That's the only part of the song I think is funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. Like. I think my big problem with it is with that particular section of music is how double script it is. If how a what? guy were to write, 
how much of a double standard it is. If a guy were to write his version of that song, he would have been ostracized. But because it's this black woman that used to be a stripper or whatever, like, no, we're okay with that. It's empowering. And it's like, but, but is it? Is it really empowering? Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, because... I don't know. I mean, the way I see it, because like in a lot of that genre, you have like a lot of mu- like a lot of the music in that genre is just like a lot of very vulgar stuff. A lot of like you know guys acting like all hard. It is. Tough, yeah, like, it's a very misogynistic them. area. Exactly, like, and then is. you know a lot of guys just like kind of talking about like their you know just how great they are at sex and like how how much women they get and how they treat yeah, women yeah. and whatnot. And then I guess in a way, you know, this is kind of like the female version of that when it comes to WAP. You know, yeah. so it's just like, uh, you know, now the girls are going to get their piece of the cake now. Um, I guess that's one way to look at it, really, you know. But then again, yeah. you know, I just think, you know, it's just all down to the shock factor. Like, you know, it's kind of like funny to hear some of these like really raunchy songs and just like, it's so <laughs> just like laugh. Yeah, just because <laughs> it's just like very like crazy ass lyrics or something, you know. So. It, it's like if like one, I asked like my like, I talked to like my mom about something like that. She's like, that pisses me off so much because <laughs> it's just it, like something that's shocking to me is like how young kids know that. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's frightening because like at that age, like I was listening to like the Spice Girls and stuff like that. Meanwhile, <laughs> you see these like five-year-olds going around singing, there's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes. And I'm like, no, that's not cool. Yeah. But I guess to Whiskey's point, like even outside of rap, you know, as I'm thinking about it now, like going back to, to Kiss back in the day, like Love Gun is truly about Paul Stanley having sex with women. So a lot of those songs, a lot of like like that, like hair glam rock, like it's a lot of just like partying and like not really partying, it's just like getting women and just like wrote a ton of those songs. Yeah, girls, girls, girls. Yeah, so I, I guess I can see whiskey's point of view as far as like it's their turn, if you will, to uh, to you know, take over part of it. But I don't know, I agree too, Julie, like the fact that it gets played on the radio and eight nine ten year old little kids are singing it it's like ooh, you know like, we need yikes. to have a talk yeah like, yeah like like that it's it, it's like at that age like like if something like if something was like if my sister and i were exposed to something like that like it it just every it radio in the house like would have been broken we have to sit down and talk girls yeah, yeah. like <laughs> I guess it kind of like not really I don't know I guess devil's advocate not really like I I think it should be like a parent's responsibility though to just like you know kind of curate what kids would be listening and I mean granted nowadays with like access to the internet that's not as easy but I mean still like and I'm also not saying you know as a parent like you should be a helicopter parent you know just like constantly monitoring your children but you should still like take responsibility because at the end of the day you know these this type of like adult music you know, with like these adult themes, they're just like, you know, an M rated video game or like, you know, fucking Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know, where you got like fucking yeah. women's tits out everywhere, blood and guts and gore and, you know, sword fights and shit. So, you know, it's like you wouldn't let your kid watch that. You wouldn't let, let your kid play Dead Space or, you know, something like that. So, you know, you kind of got to like curate that stuff. So 
do the same for music. But again, with the digital age that we live in, that I could definitely see how that's, you know, kind of a bit of a harder thing to kind of accomplish now, just because the yeah. internet is so accessible. So yeah, it no, reminds I, I would me, definitely agree. It makes me think of something from when I was a kid that like it, I, I'm laughing about it now because it's so true. When my sister and I were young and that song by Shaggy would come on in the car, it wasn't mm. me. And my yes, mom yeah. would hear, uh, be hearing us sing and she'd be like, oh my God. But like, we didn't know what we were singing about. We didn't know what the song was about. Not till we were older and we're like, oh, and, that's and, what it was about. No wonder you were you had that look on your face. And, and she thought that was bad and very vulgar back then. Look at what's yeah. going on now. Oh, yeah, wow. It, 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 it makes Shaggy look like a very uh, censored like a song priest. in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it's definitely nuts. But, you know, I think it's to whiskey's point, like there's some parent accountability that needs to take place, obviously. For sure. But at the same time, like as a society, I think there's some responsibility that we've dropped, you know, and in that maybe things are too accessible now. Not saying we need to like lock down the internet by any means, but like the fact that that song gets primetime radio airplay is maybe not the best overall but it is corporate america so they're going to do what they want to do it doesn't make me feel great as an artist (laughs) i remember do you remember that's i know what you're gonna say what makes me want to quit music (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of people commented on that one i'll make any post about our music but i comment on how much i hate wop and everyone loses their minds i'm like hey guys what's up (laughs) <laughs> well to go back on what you said josh about like you know how it's like on primetime radio and you know it's basically what like corporate wants you know i think that just kind of falls under the of like sex cells and i think right. the thing is is you know going back to you know just kind of us as a society kind of dropping the ball i think that a lot of or at least a lot of western society is just like a bit over sexualized like we put this mm-hmm. whole focus on just sexuality and whatnot and i mean you know there's nothing inherently wrong with that of course but you know i just think that like as a society we are just a bit too focused on sex and then yeah you know that's how we get like all this stuff that you hear on the radio just like you know like that i i don't know i guess that's my yeah. point really so yeah no that totally makes sense because like the in the u.s especially like it's taboo for other than like HBO and and some of those channels to like show nudity or sex or whatever. And so we like restrict a lot of this sexuality through TV. It's obviously opened up over the last few years, but like in Japan and stuff, they don't censor that side of it as much. And they have a lower teen pregnancy rate. They have lower, you know, rape uh, reports, things like that. So like not saying that they're right, we're wrong necessarily, but I think that plays into some of this as well, where it seems like there's so much focus on it now because it's sheltered to some extent when we're young. And then also, I think to kind of add on to this, I guess I'm kind of entering into like conspiracy theory territory. It's like, <laughs> uh, you know, I guess like there's just like also this sort of fake, like, uh, like, like just, just people like they act like they're against it, but you know, they, 
they're not really like fake outrage yeah yeah a lot of fake outrage against it and just like people just kind of like shunning it when you know deep down inside they actually do like this content themselves um you know yeah. basically they're just kind of faking it um you know like and, and i guess they just try to like censor it in a way and then i guess that just you know basically you know if you try to like hide something especially like online that's only just going to lead people to just seek it out and you know just kind of like view it more more intriguing yeah you know so if you like restrict something that's then that um sent in that sense you know it's just like people are just gonna go on find it and then just like consume it more and more and more just because you know they want something that you know people want what they can't have essentially yeah. so if you deny them like that sort of like knowledge or to like an ideology or you know anything like that then they'll just go out and seek it out i guess I don't. <laughs> yeah. well, I've I, had no, a lot. That, <laughs> no, that makes sense. I mean, think about prohibition. You know, we outlawed alcohol, and then bootlegging and moonshining became a thing. Exactly. And yeah. three years later, they were like, "Whoops, that was a bad fucking idea." Like people yeah. just do it more because we said, "Don't do it." Yeah, and now we have to make a law to undo the law. That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah. The whole the whole yeah. mistake of that, like, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, insane. By the way, Josh, I really like your new hope poster that you have in the background Thank you. there. Yeah. 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 I've got all three I, of them. Uh, I just need to get them hung up back there. I, I have the, the Mandalorian right by one Sweet. of my speakers on my desk. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Um, so that's everything. We got off on kind of a tangent there. Yes, yeah, we did. But <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. So to kind of bring it back to you guys and and you know, wrap up this episode. Uh, obviously I'll link all your socials and things, but Tell people where they can find you and kind of what to expect from you guys online over the next year. You got it. All right. So uh, Quiet can be found anywhere on social media with at Band of Quiet. And you can uh, find our official website, bandofquiet.com. All of our music is there. And you can hear There Is No Escape by clicking the link in any of our bios. And as for the rest of the year, we're really looking forward to getting out there and playing more shows and releasing more and more music down the line. We are, uh, we couldn't be more excited to be seen by you guys and meet all of you and just uh, see where everything goes. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Awesome. And also clarification, Sound I do not have social media. So if you're looking for me <laughs> and you're confused, I don't have one. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There you hey, go. It's, it's not for everybody. Honestly, not to get off on that tangent, but social media is so fucking toxic anyway that if, if I didn't need it for what I do, I yeah. probably wouldn't have it myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was hard to separate myself at first, but I've been it's been like over a year now, and I don't miss it. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate you guys' time. This was a super fun conversation. Uh, uh, yeah, really looking fun. forward to everything. Yeah, thank so. you, totally, Josh. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely, guys. I'll uh, like I said, this will go up on the ninth, so just a couple of days before the new single drops and hopefully we'll get some people over for you great cool. we uh we hope find. you guys like it <laughs> awesome thanks guys all right all have right. a good night good night you too. Bye, guys bye bye. Button. bye and that was my conversation with the band quiet um huge shout out to them big thank you to them really appreciate you know them taking the time and um, all of them being able to get together on, on Zoom for us to do this conversation. 
Um, and yeah, you know, I definitely think I, I say it a lot. You know, I think I say it basically about every every episode and every artist that I interview, but they're definitely somebody that I think you guys need to have on the radar and, you know, kind of be watching and at least checking out, you know, I, I think that's the big thing for me is music discovery. Um, that's part of the reason that I do this podcast is I absolutely love talking to, to artists and I've done music journalism for quite a while. And, you know, those of you that have followed my journey and, and whatnot, or have known me for a long time, have seen that. Uh, but I think the the main, or one of the main drivers for this podcast specifically, is to, sure, talk to, to big artists, and don't get me wrong, I have some lofty goals and some artists that I definitely want to talk to that are, um, you know household names and all of that but I also love talking to these smaller artists and more uh, maybe regional acts at the time or you know some of these are even still considered local acts and I think it's an important thing because with this platform and with you guys and you know hopefully you're liking and sharing and you know having friends check stuff out as well um but that's that's where the music community is at and i think you know if you guys like the podcast and are listening to the episodes and things like that and even if you don't enjoy the band you know going over giving them a, a like on a photo or you know at least listening to a few songs to see if it's something that's in your wheelhouse um, those things are, are super important. You never know what kind of stuff you're going to discover and, you know, the potential that's out there. So, uh, highly recommend that you guys, you know, check all that out. Um, as always, we've got their social medias linked in the description of this podcast. So you can jump over give them a like, subscribe, follow all of that. Um, and then same for our podcast and website and everything give me a, a like a share a subscribe follow um facebook and instagram specifically are the two quote-unquote media platforms that i'm the most active on um and then obviously wherever you're streaming this give us a rating give us you know the the follow or subscribe whatever that platform calls it um, those things go a very, very long way for, um, discovery and analytics and things like that. It, it helps me to trend higher in searches and, and things of that nature. So more people can find the show and hopefully find more artists and things like that. Um, also, as always, I would love for you guys to comment on the post on Instagram specifically uh, with your thoughts about the band, if you've checked them out, the thoughts on the episode, or any artist recommendations that you guys have. You know, I'm constantly trying to produce content. Um, I do have a pretty deep catalog of connections to get a lot of people, um, but also I want to make sure that it's artists that you want to hear from, and, you know, I may not be able to get all of them, and some of them may take more time depending on what's going on or, you know, what requirements there are. Um, 
and yes, some <laughs> some artist management and and labels do have requirements as far as like how many follows you have or, you know, how big the appearance of your stream is and things like that. And I know it's a really kind of bullshit thing, but it's also making sense in that it's a business and they want to make sure that they're doing what's best for their client and hoping to get them the, the proper exposure and things like that. So uh, anything you guys can do to help me out with that would be huge. Specifically would be um, making sure that you're actually subscribed or following the podcast. So those numbers, again, it'll help the podcast show up earlier in search results and things like that, potentially on a trending page or whatever. Um, number two is giving a rating to the show, uh, leaving a review, things like that. Um, obviously we would love five star, but you know, really anything three, four or five would be great. Uh, any, you know, review about the content you like and, and things like that, or why you like the show. Um, and then same thing kind of on Instagram, you know, make sure or Facebook for that matter, make sure that you've actually liked the page and that you're interacting with it because again, all of that shows up on the analytics. Um, and sometimes to get certain artists, I have to present my analytics and say, look, you know, here's where I'm at. This is, you know, the trend that I'm seeing and this is why I think that it's a good time to bring on this artist or whatever. So would be a huge help to me if you guys could do all that. Uh, I am still working on some new merch, so keep your eyes peeled, keep your ears on. Um, I will be announcing some new merch very, very soon. If you want any of the current merch, just go to youmakethescene.com slash shop, and you can pick up t-shirts, hoodies, hats, all sorts of stuff. So uh, that's everything, guys. I really appreciate everything you do for me, the ability to keep this podcast going, um, I am playing with some ideas on some exclusives, like maybe a Patreon or some sort of quote-unquote members-only section to the website where you can get maybe the video side of these interviews or maybe, you know, some exclusive ones that don't get aired anywhere else, things like that. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's everything. I'm going to stop talking for this week. Uh, I really appreciate it, guys. And just remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.